Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Matthew chapter 10. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, you are great. You are more powerful than anyone or anything. Truly, it is only you that we should fear and not those in this world. We know that you are in control. We pray that we would be about your business, doing your work, not fearing the people of this world and how they would look on it, knowing that you are the one who matters. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Matthew chapter 10. And summoning his twelve disciples, he gave them authority over unclean spirits so that they could expel them and could heal every disease and every sickness. Now these are the names of the twelve apostles. First Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, the one who also betrayed him. Jesus sent out these twelve, instructing them, saying, Do not go on the road to the Gentiles, and do not enter into a city of the Samaritans, but go instead to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you are going, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal those who are sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, expel demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not procure gold or silver or copper for your belts. Do not take a traveler's bag for the road, or two tunics, or sandals, or a staff. For the worker is deserving of his provisions. And into whatever town or village you enter, inquire, who in it is worthy, and stay there until you depart. And when you enter into the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever does not welcome you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet as you are going out of that house or that town. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable for the region of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Behold, I am sending you out like sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents, and innocent as doves. But beware of people, because they will hand you over to councils, and they will flog you in their synagogues, and you will be brought before both governors and kings because of me, for a witness to them and to the Gentiles. But whenever they hand you over, do not be anxious how to speak, or what you should say, for what you should say will be given to you at that hour. For you are not the ones who are speaking, but the Spirit of your Father who is speaking through you. And brother will hand over brother to death, and a father his children, and children will rise up against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by everyone because of my name. But the one who endures to the end, this one will be saved. And whenever they persecute you in this town, flee to another. For truly I say to you, you will never finish going through the towns of Israel until the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not superior to his teacher, nor a slave superior to his master. It is enough for the disciple that he become like his teacher, and the slave like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more are the members of his household? Therefore do not be afraid of them, because nothing is hidden that will not be revealed, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. And what you hear in your ear, proclaim on the housetops. 
And do not be afraid of those who kill the body but are not able to kill the soul, but instead be afraid of the one who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And one of them will not fall to the ground without knowledge of the consent of your father. And even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Therefore, do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Therefore, everyone who acknowledges me before people, I also will acknowledge him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before people, I also will deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace on the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and the enemies of a man will be the members of his household. The one who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and the one who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. The one who finds his life will lose it, and the one who loses his life because of me will find it. The one who receives you receives me, and the one who receives me receives the one who sent me. The one who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and the one who receives a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water to drink in the name of a disciple, truly I say to you, he will never lose his reward. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. This chapter follows the last verses of chapter 9 where Jesus was saying, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out reapers. Now he says, your prayers are answered. Go. Matthew starts out this chapter listing the 12 apostles who are sent. He calls them apostles here. The word apostle means one who is sent. Usually he calls them disciples, which means a follower or a student. This time he calls them apostles sent out, commissioned. It's similar to our word ambassador. The 12 apostles, although they are all Jews, are a diverse group. He mentions Two of them specifically here, he says Matthew the tax collector, and then he says Simon the zealot. I'm not sure how much he means by the word zealot, but there were a group of people known as the zealots who were willing to assassinate people who were connected too tightly with Rome. Tax collectors, of course, were connected with Rome and that they were collecting taxes for them. So it seems that these two would ordinarily not be among the same group. But here Jesus has called them for this purpose to preach together. And so they are working toward the same goal. We have in this chapter what's known as the second discourse out of the five discourses in Matthew, or known as speeches. Jesus gives this speech to commission them. And we call this sometimes the limited commission. So the first speech was the Sermon on the Mount, and then this speech is the sending out of the twelve. It's limited because they are only supposed to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, as he calls them. So they're just being sent to Jews here. And while Jesus was on earth, it was only Jews that he preached to. He generally did not deal with Gentiles when he was on the earth. The point of the speech is that God will take care of them. 
he starts out talking about how they should not take any extra things with them, and God will take care of them through the hearers, through the people that they're preaching to, that they'll have a place to stay and food to eat, and if they need a tunic or something, they don't need to worry about taking extras to prepare, that their needs will be taken care of on the road. He says that they should preach and then stay or go based on the response. It's their job to preach. It's not their job to worry about the response. When the response comes, then they know which direction to go, whether they should stay and continue preaching in that town or if they should go on to the next town. It sort of sounds like what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount about the casting pearls before swine. Don't cast your pearls before swine. So if you find out they're swine, they aren't listening to what you have to say, move on. Go to the next place. He says there's plenty more to go to. He says, shake off the dust. The idea of shaking off the dust is saying, God is going to destroy you and this place. And so we don't want any of that touching us. We don't want any of the destruction that's going to come on you. A strong rebuke to shake off the dust. He says, things are going to be hard. It's not going to be easy for people preaching God's message. But they will have God's help. He says, Jesus was going to be treated badly. We know Jesus was killed. So why would people like us? But God is more powerful than all these people. So God will take care of us. He is the one that we should fear. And he says at the end, there is a reward just for doing the smallest thing for God. There's a reward that will not be lost. So God will punish, but he will also reward. We can be thankful of that. And now for a deeper dive. How much of this speech of Jesus applies directly to us, and how much of it is just some principles that we can learn some things from? Well, at some point in the speech, it seems that he switches from talking about the limited commission that the apostles are going on at this time and the great commission after he rises from the dead. In verse 20, he says, For you are not the ones who are speaking, but the Spirit of your Father who is speaking through you. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit will be doing the preaching. Jesus promised them the Holy Spirit in John 16, verse 7. He says, But I tell you the truth, it is better for you that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and concerning righteousness and concerning judgment. So he talks about the Holy Spirit will be the one doing the speaking. Now, I'm not certain if the apostles, when they went out, had the Holy Spirit helping them in their preaching, or if it was just them repeating the words that Jesus had given them. But this definitely seems like a broader preaching to me. Then in verse 23, he says, And whenever they persecute you in this town... Flee to another, for truly I say to you, you will never finish going through the towns of Israel until the Son of Man comes. Well, Jesus was there during the time that the twelve were sent out. So it's hard to say that there was some time when the Son of Man comes that they were looking forward to. Because Jesus was there. But when Jesus gave the Great Commission and then left this earth, then there is a time waiting for the Son of Man to come. Now, there's a few options there as to when Jesus comes. There's a 
coming in judgment at a specific time. And there's also the end of time when Jesus comes. He could be referring to either. I tend to think that he's referring to the destruction of the Jews in AD 70 when the Romans came in and and hauled them all away and killed many of them and destroyed the temple. So that was a coming of the Son of Man. It was a coming in judgment. And there weren't any towns of the Jews for a time after that that they could go to and preach to. So that was a very limited amount of time. Regardless, he's saying there's some urgency to this preaching. So how much can we apply to ourselves? Well, I think starting in about verse 16, we can apply most of that directly to ourselves. We know that for us, we are to preach not just to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles, the people who are not Jews. We're to preach to everyone. And so it does apply to us as well, many of the things that Jesus has to say. We are to be about his business and not worry about the people and what they can do to us because God is much greater and he can do anything. He can take care of us or he can punish us and he can reward us greatly. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible, copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.